Inflation went back up in the month of September. Social Security recipients will be seeing an increase in their benefits in the year of 2024. Information on these stories and more coming up on today's episode of BBP News. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. It is Monday, October 16th, of course, the year of 2023. We're getting closer to not only not only the end of the year here, excuse me, but towards a lot of holidays coming up. Of course, we have Halloween coming up. I talked about in Friday's episode. Spooky season is on its way closer and closer. I will not be judged for uh, loving my spooky season, okay? I will not, and Chris isn't here to do it, so... Ah, I win. I win. But of course, following that, we have Thanksgiving. We have Christmas. I mean, it's about to hit that holiday season whirlwind. I hope you guys are prepared for it. It is coming before you know it. But that aside, my little uh, holiday ramble aside, we do have a lot to get into today. Let's start off with the weather headed into this morning. And we start in Los Angeles, California, like we always do, where it will be sunny today with a high of 85 degrees. In Houston, Texas, expect some sunny skies as well with a high of 70 degrees, actually cooling down quite significantly in Houston, which I have to imagine is nice to see down there with all the heat y'all have gotten throughout the summer. In Chicago, Illinois, expect some rain today with a high of 54 degrees. And in New York City, mostly sunny skies today with a high of 61. Of course, it's going to get a little chilly throughout the week here on the East Coast uh, over here where I'm at. By the start of next week, it's going to be 50 as a high. So we're really getting into that mid-autumn weather now, starting to get colder. The rain is starting to come a little more frequently now. So, you know, we're really hitting that true October weather here on the East Coast, and I'm expecting it to just continue trending downward. They keep saying that it's going to be a mild winter. I don't see it. I've said it once before. I'll say it one more time uh, at the risk of becoming a broken record, but I do not see a mild winter in our future here on the east coast i don't know about the rest of the uh rest of the nation but here where i'm at it just looks like it's going to be a brutal one which will be the first brutal winter we've really had in a few years so it'll be you know almost a rare sight at this point not actually because the east coast is known for some pretty harsh winters the northeast rather uh not the entire east coast down there in florida and georgia down there in the south y'all have a nice some nice weather in the winter so can't complain about that, but up here, definitely a lot of snow, a lot of cold weather. Hopefully, it won't be too bad. Hopefully, it won't be too bad, but enough just rambling aside. I don't have anything else here at the top for you guys this morning, so let's get straight into the news here and starting off with a topic that we get into every month. That is the inflation report, this time for the month of September, and as I stated in the intro, inflation has gone back up in the month of September. Yes, that is according to Thursday's brand new consumer price index report, and between August and September, inflation increased by 0.4%, but it increased 3.7% between September of 2022 and September of this year. So what's causing it this time? What is actually causing these increases? What are we spending more on? 
Well, the new report says that the item that was responsible for more than half of this increase was shelter. This is something that we've talked about a lot recently. Shelter has been a major factor in these price increases. And shelter itself increased 0.6% between August and September and increased a whopping 7.2% over the last year since September of 2022. Gas prices were again another big factor in the increases here, increasing 2.1% between August and September and 3% between September 2022 and September of 2023. Now, it's worth mentioning as well that we are likely to see several uh, gas price increases and energy price increases as the rest of this year goes on, maybe less so in the gas aspect, more in like your home heating uh, and those types of energy prices. So we will continue to see how those flow in the coming months, but we are heading closer and closer to winter, as I've stated. So the uh, energy prices are likely to increase. But overall, food was up slightly between August and September, 0.2%, and was up 3.7% over the past year. But what actually got expensive here when it comes to food was what's called food away from home. So this is like going to restaurants and eating out. That was up month over month, 0.4%. But in the past year, it has risen 6%. With all of those big increases, you might be wondering, is there anything that we're spending less on? Is there anything that has decreased over the last month? And the answer to this is yes. Used car and truck prices have decreased 2.5% between August and September and also went down 8% since September of 2022. Gas for your home has actually decreased month over month, that is 1.9%, but it is down 19.9% since last year. So for the moment, those prices have been decreasing. Again, this is something that we will be watching very closely as the rest of the year goes on, as it is very common for those prices to suddenly jump back up throughout the winter months. Eggs were down 14.5%, and that is on the year. Uh, on the month, they are down 2.5%. Health insurance was down 37.3% from September of 2022 and 3.5% between August and September. And airfare was also down 13.4% since last year. Also notable is the core inflation rate. This is the inflation rate calculated after stripping away food and energy prices. And this number actually saw improvement uh, between August and September's numbers, falling to 4.1% annually in September, with August sitting at 4.3%. Now, this is a major factor in what the Fed looks at when they decide whether or not to raise the interest rates. And speaking on that, we always remind you with every inflation report that it is this report and these numbers that majorly factor into whether or not the Federal Reserve will raise the interest rates. And that core inflation rate is a massive, massive piece in that. So with that falling, despite the increases in the regular inflation rate and a lot of those other numbers, we'll have to wait and see how they react to this. Will they look to raise interest rates once again? Uh, there has been a lot of talk that they will leave it alone for now. We heard 
before last month's report, the August report, that they looked to leave it alone for a couple of months to see how things would react and which direction things would go. And so we will just have to continue to wait and see how that looks. They will be meeting at the end of this month to make that decision. If you are one of the 71 million Americans who receive Social Security or SSI, or you know someone that does, you're going to want to pay attention to this section because those 71 million people are about to start seeing a little more money in their monthly checks starting in 2024. On Thursday, Social Security Administration announced Social Security and SSI recipients will be getting a 3.2% COLA increase. COLA stands for cost of living, and by law every year, based on inflation and cost of living, Social Security recipients get an adjustment to their benefits. Starting with the first payment in 2024, the average monthly Social Security or SSI check will be about $1,907, and that's about $59 more per month than they were getting in 2023. Now, it's important to note that 3.2% is a significantly smaller increase than the COLA increases in 2022 and 2023. In 2022, the COLA increase was 5.9%, and in 2023, the increase was the largest in more than 40 years at 8.7%. House Republicans have nominated a new candidate for House Speaker, and that is Ohio Republican Jim Jordan. He has won that nomination in a secret ballot vote that took place on Friday. Representative Jim Jordan won 124 House Republican votes. His challenger, Austin Scott, a Republican from Georgia, received just 81 votes. And that only totals 205 Republicans, but we know that there are 220 Republicans in the House GOP conference. So you might be wondering, where are the missing 15 votes? Where were they in this vote? Well, it is possible that some of them were not present, and it is also possible that there were others that did not vote for either Jordan nor Scott. Regardless of where these votes were, Jim Jordan does have a math problem here. He needs 217 votes, which would give him the majority, and so he needs those votes to become the House Speaker, but at this time, he only has 124 guaranteed votes that he can count on. He needs to pick up 93 votes in total. He needs to pick up those 81 Scott votes and some of the missing votes as well. Because zero Democrats will be voting for Jim Jordan when it comes to an official speaker vote. The only way that he is going to be able to get the votes is if he makes some deals with moderate, moderate Republicans. The House then went on recess after this ballot vote on Friday, and they will not be back in session until this afternoon with no sign of an official speaker vote happening today. And it is worth noting as well, as we've said before, as we said on Friday, that all of this is going on as a government shutdown draws closer and closer and resides just about a month away. Now, you may have been concerned about this call for a global day of jihad that was on Friday, October 13th. Now, I'm not here to tell you what to think, and I'm certainly not here telling you what to do. But what I'm going to do here in talking about this is I'm going to tell you about what the call means, and then I'm going to tell you what the U.S. intelligence agencies and what the president have all said about this. First, what's going on here? 
Well, the former leader of Hamas put out a video calling on supporters to stage demonstrations across the world in support of Palestinians. And he urged countries like Syria, Lebanon, Egypt, and Jordan to all join Hamas and take up arms against Israel. Just a point of clarification here, Hamas is designated by the United States as a terrorist organization and has been designated as such for many years. They are not the same as the Palestinian people, but Hamas just so happens to rule the Gaza Strip. Now, let's take this day of jihad call, one piece at a time. Let's start with the concerns here at home when it comes to this call to action on Friday. The White House says that the U.S. intelligence agencies are on it. However, that being said, there was some protest possible on Friday. And in the United States, protests are illegal, of course. We know this. Protests are illegal here in the United States, but violence is not. And on Tuesday, the president announced that all federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies had been working hand-in-hand with local law enforcement in your communities to keep eyes and ears everywhere. You probably saw a bit of a step up in law enforcement presence and in certain parts of your cities, but there are also security measures happening that you probably did not see. And as for any specific threat to the homeland, the White House said that they don't have one. But now let's talk about the second part to this call to action, encouraging those in neighboring countries to join in on the fight. I told you on Friday that the president already deployed the USS Gerald Ford uh, aircraft carrier strike group to the eastern Mediterranean along with a nearby deployed U.S. fighter jet squadron. He said that the U.S. is willing, ready, and able to deploy more assets if necessary. And the president was very clear on Tuesday about why our military was there. Not to put boots on the ground, but to act as a deterrent. Sticking to the topic of Israel, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was on the ground in Israel on Friday, standing next to the Israeli Prime Minister. He assured Israel that, quote, we have your back. There was no indication the U.S. was trying to prevent an expected Israeli ground offensive into Gaza that could worsen a humanitarian crisis for the 2.3 million Palestinians trapped in the blockaded territory. Secretary Austin's trip comes as the USS Gerald Ford aircraft carrier strike group is sitting in the eastern Mediterranean Sea, acting as a deterrent, preventing other countries or organizations from getting involved in this war. At the same time, Secretary of State Antony Blinken was in Doha on Friday, and he said that the US and Qatar were working, quote, intensely together, end quote, to secure the release of Americans and others taken hostage by Hamas. Quote, I'm grateful for the urgency that Qatar is bringing to this effort. I had an opportunity to meet yesterday with the families of some of those being held hostage by Hamas, end quote, said by Antony Blinken at a press conference. And Al Thani, the leader of Qatar, appeared to express some optimism that some of the hostages would eventually be recovered and stressed that Israel should follow international law in all of its military operations. The U.S. State Department is also now providing charter flights to help evacuate Americans in Israel. The first flight left on Friday for Europe and, quote, 
The State Department will continue to organize these charter flights for as long as there is a demand from U.S. citizens for departure assistance, end quote, said by the White House last week. A federal district judge voiced doubt over Montana's, quote, paternalistic ban of TikTok during a hearing on Thursday in the first courtroom challenge to the only statewide ban targeting the widely popular video app. TikTok sued Montana in May, saying that the ban violated the First Amendment and was backed by no evidence of legitimate national security risks. During the suit's first hearing in Missoula, state attorneys argued the ban was vital to protect citizens against a Chinese-owned app with 150 million users nationwide. U.S. District Judge Donald W. Malloy, a 77-year-old Montana native appointed by President Bill Clinton in 1996, concluded the hearing after about an hour by saying that he would offer a preliminary resolution on the matter soon. But Malloy also argued that the state had not substantiated its claims that TikTok users' data was being stolen or misused. Quote, Your argument just does not make sense to me, Malloy said. You need to protect consumers from having their data stolen, but everybody on TikTok voluntarily gives their personal data. If they want to give that information to whatever the platform is, how is it you can protect them? End quote. He added, quote, that's sort of a paternalistic argument. These people don't know what they're doing, so we need to say ban TikTok to keep citizens from exercising certain liberties or rights they may have, end quote. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte, a Republican, signed a law in May that would ban downloading the app starting next year. Though on top of the legal issues that this law creates, experts have also questioned whether the ban would even be technically enforceable. Now we get into good news for today and really just an incredible story. So it started off with a bit of a tragedy for this family as a hospital bed had to be brought into the home of this English family as uh, this man's wife was uh, undergoing cancer treatments and was having a difficult time and they wanted to raise money so that they had you know enough to just cover all the costs and to have enough for the family and so they started clearing some stuff away and they found in the closet of the husband uh, a bunch of Pokemon cards just mounds and mounds of them boxes of them some were loose and others were packed nicely away had never even been opened and they originally were just going to throw these cards away they were just going to throw them out not really give them a second thought but the man's 50 year old daughter had said that they might actually be able to get some money for these cards they had originally been bought back at the end of the 90s and into the 2000s as he was trying to spoil his granddaughter and his other grandkids at the time uh, and they started collecting these cards when she was four years old the granddaughter was and so They've been sitting around for a long time. You know, like I said, some of these had never even actually been opened, and one of them included a very rare box set. So, up until this point, all of the other cards that were sold amounted $50,000. Yes, that's how rare some of these cards and sets were, that they were able to fetch $50,000 across different sales and auctions. But now, this one box that they found still in its cellophane from the end of the 90s could fetch $20,000 at auction. So this 
family is raising a bunch of money to spread amongst themselves, to share with each other, and to make sure that everyone is as comfortable as possible in every facet. And so this is just a crazy story, something that started off as just such a fun hobby, a man spoiling his grandkids, is now being used to help the family decades down the line. And these are the type of stories that I love when you can just get those memories or those times to eventually help in an even bigger way, especially during a difficult time like what the family is going through right now. It is just an incredible moment for them. And hopefully it helps out with numerous different factors in their life, especially with the grandmother who, of course, like I said, is undergoing cancer treatments. But that is the end of today's episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed. We will be back here tomorrow morning for an episode of Eye on the Ball. It is coming back. We've been waiting to get it back uh, live for you guys uh, for the past number of weeks now. For the past number of weeks. I've been trying to find a good opportunity to really jump back into it for y'all. And there's just so much going around in the sports world right now. The MLB playoffs are just, we're in full swing right now. We're in the championship series. We just saw game one of the ALCS last night, and we have the first game of the NLCS tonight. So things are definitely heating up there. Lots of good talk there. Football season is in full swing now. Just finishing up with week six. And boy, did we have some insane results across week six. So stick around for that tomorrow morning. Wait for that to come out. But until then, you guys have a great start to your week and we will see you real soon. Bye.